Welcome to Political Beatdown with Michael Cohen and Ben Micellis. Great to be here with breaking news right before we started this live. News broke that Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg has filed a lawsuit in federal court in the Southern District of New York against MAGA Republican Jim Jordan and the uh, Republican-controlled uh, Judiciary Committee for their ongoing interference in the criminal case against Donald Trump brought by the Manhattan District Attorney's Office. I want to break down what is in uh, this complaint, but as we've always been saying here, Cohen, all of these posts by Donald Trump would become evidence. He was built, you know, every time he makes one of these ridiculous posts on his social media platform, and sure enough, you start going through this complaint that will break down. It's got immediately in the introduction section, the photo of Donald Trump with the baseball bat looking like he's going to bludgeon Alvin Bragg. You have all of the posts where Donald Trump is calling uh, Bragg a Soros-backed corrupt, witch hunt, blah, 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 blah. You have all of the posts by Kevin McCarthy and Marjorie Taylor Greene. All of their tweets are in this. It is packed with all of these posts. And what this federal lawsuit is asking is for a federal judge to grant an injunction stopping the House Republicans from further interfering in a local criminal case, saying that there is no congressional authority to do that. And there are rules about grand jury secrecy and the you know criminal processes that take place that the House of Representatives that the federal government can involve themselves in. So that news just broke. We'll talk about that and more. But Michael Cohen, how are you doing? How are you feeling this week? You know, I'm feeling okay. Um, like I said the last time, this is really a terrible day for America. It's a good day for the Department of Justice finally working to try to get their reputation back. But if we can stick on the Alvin Bragg scenario, because, uh, Ben, what it does is it sort of brings all of this into the fold. There, there was a great summary of what just happened. And it's amazing how fast things move, especially in this chaotic news cycle that we're dealing with. But this is the way that it was broken down. The 50-page lawsuit, which was filed in federal court in the Southern District of New York, accuses Jim Jordan of what's called, and I quote, a brazen and unconstitutional attack on the prosecution of Mr. Trump and, again in quotes, transparent campaign to intimidate and attack the district attorney, Alvin Bragg. You know, if this wasn't really happening, if this was on like a show, um, what was the name of that television show uh, about... Uh, with uh, Kevin Spacey, what, what's the name of that? Uh, House of Cards. House of Cards, right? If this was in the House of Cards or even in a South Park episode, you wouldn't believe that this is really happening. Could you fucking imagine that a member of Congress, I don't care that he's an acolyte of Donald's. I really don't. And I warned Jim Jordan when I sat before the House Oversight Committee and the world I said to Jim Jordan, I know what you're doing, and it didn't work for me, and I'm telling you, it's not going to work for you. It's just a matter of time before Jim Jordan ends up destroying himself like Rudy Colludi, drunken Giuliani did, like Meadows did, like Ted Cruz did, like, you know, Matt Gates did. All of these, like Marjorie Toilet Green, and uh, by the way, I don't know if you saw this, but there's a lot of attacks on me for calling her Marjorie Toilet Green, that I am being childish and insulting her in this name calling. Could you imagine that the maggots have the balls to turn around and say to me, by me calling her Marjorie Toilet Green, that um, you know I'm destroying my credibility and the uh, my ability to be uh, fair and impartial as a witness against Trump. It's amazing the things that these people will come <laughs> up with, including including what Jim Jordan was doing by harassing the district attorney of New York on behalf of the supreme leader, right, the dictator, the monarch, the Fuhrer, Donald. It's, um, it's amazing that he's willing to jeopardize 
what he himself has worked so hard for, and that's to become a member of Congress. I don't know what he's thinking. I don't even know why he's thinking it. You know, when you watched during the House Oversight and they had that stupid banner behind them saying, liar, liar, pants on fire. Can you possibly imagine, especially Ben, now that you've gotten to know me over the last two years or so, could you imagine them thinking if they knew anything about me at all, they thought that this was going to rattle me, that this was going to screw me up as I sat for that nine-hour interrogation, uh, four and a half by the Republicans? They really thought that that stupid photo of me with liar, liar, pants on fire was going to move me in any way? They clearly don't know me at all. And I warn them that their actions have consequences. And I know the play that they're trying to run because I wrote the playbook and it's not working out for me. I'm going to prison. I said it to Jim Jordan. I said it to Mark Meadows. And I said it to all the Republicans. Did they listen? No, no. And yet now look at what's going on. Well, the playbook where they go... Michael Cohen, liar, liar, pants on fire. They think that works because they only have one move, right? Shockingly, that actually works when Donald Trump does that to people like DeSantis. When Donald Trump points out whichever MAGA Republican is not kissing his ring that day and he puts out the meme where he attacks them, like that actually scares MAGA Republicans to just do whatever Donald Trump wants. Oh, I don't want him to be, I don't want him to be mean to us. So they have one move. And to your point, when you said Marjorie Toilet Green, they're like, oh, how dare you? They are the biggest snowflakes in the world. And they live in their kind of victimhood bubble of woe is me. They're all out to get me. They're all out to get me. Um, speaking by of- the way, though, By the way, know, Ben, how long has Donald been saying the same thing. You know, I understand his play, which is repetition over and over and over again with the presumption that at the end, the lie becomes the truth. The problem though, is as new documentation is released, as new people come forward, <laughs> all of the lies, the 35,000 plus lies that Donald told they become revealed. And that's why when they finally put him down for a um, deposition, um, what does Donald do? He takes the fifth 400 plus times, which is in total contrast to me. Not only did I testify before the Senate Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence, I testified before the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence. I met with the House Judiciary Committee. I testified before the House Oversight Committee. Um, we're talking about seven different appearances before Congress, and I didn't take the fifth, not once. When I provided information, whether it was to the Southern District of New York, who I have zero, zero respect for, and we're going to get into that one also, believe it or not. Remember I told you I filed a complaint? Uh, well, I filed a document with the Integrity Conviction Unit under a Democrat appointed, Damian Williams, by Merrick Garland and this Biden administration. They still refused to pull the file and to make a determination whether or not there was integrity in the um, in the lawsuit in the case that was brought against me that ultimately resulted in my pleading guilty uh, to the various different charges. I mean, they, I don't understand why Damian Williams did it. I think it's despicable. Uh, I think it's extremely important for the future of the Southern District of New York to have any credibility at all that they unwind what Bill Barr had people like Jeffrey Berman or, uh, or, uh, what's it, Robert Kazami, or any of these prosecutors, the Nick Russes, the Tom McKay's, the Andrea Griswolds, all of them, it needs to be investigated. And the fact that they elected not to do it, it just continues to show that regardless of whether it's the House is controlled by the Democrats or by the Republicans, these 
institutions are designed to protect themselves. And it's a terrible, terrible thing. We have every right to know exactly what's going on. Now, I understand that there's certain things that I won't discuss at the request of the district attorney because I don't want to provide any benefit to the defense. And so I am going to do everything that I can to ensure that I don't. Nevertheless, you still have people like Andrew Weissman or you have people like Ellie Honig or uh, what's her name, Paula Reed, and all of these talking heads. The best is when Erin Burnett puts on somebody like Ty Cobb. People, you have to understand, Ty Cobb represents the Trumps. And they have him on in order to castigate me and in order to try to denigrate me and to continuously continue with the Trump motto, which is Cohen is a convicted perjurer and that my testimony cannot be relied upon. Well, Ty Cobb, all right, first of all, he happened to have been included in the emails that went around that ultimately resulted in the document that I read into the record, again, which remember, folks, what the big lie is. And I'm going to keep saying it over and over again so that you could continue to help me spread the word. The number of times that I said I spoke to Donald about the failed Trump Tower Moscow project, I stated three to the Senate Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence. And the real answer was 10. That's the big lie. And he was involved and he was part of the communications going back and forth. So the fact that they have him on there attacking my credibility just goes to see the hypocrisy of what's going on now, even with stations like CNN. And I just don't get it. You want to continue to attack me? Let me tell you what happens, my brigaders. You know what happened? The grand jury acknowledged that every single thing, well, I shouldn't say that. The grand jury, because I don't know exactly what they acknowledged it didn't, but the grand jury came back with an indictment, all right, which meant that they acknowledged the information that I provided and that I was questioned upon by prosecutors. And that somebody like Bob Costello, who went out there in front of a gaggle, it's like the most dangerous place is between Bob Costello and a gaggle of newts to sit there and to play to a party of one. And that party of one is Donald J. Trump. To say the things that they know that Donald wants to hear. It's all about appeasing him. And they don't care whether they're telling the truth or not. Bob Costello came out and said, based upon my testimony to the grand jury, I don't even think that there's going to be an indictment and that I completely destroyed the credibility of Michael Cohen. No, you didn't. No, you didn't, Bob. In fact, they, from what I understand from several different people, it's your credibility that was called into question, especially based upon the documentary evidence. So look, I intend to do exactly the same thing if I am called to testify before, you know, um, you know, at the trial that will be brought by Alvin Bragg. But let's now just bring this right back together um, and bring it with me, Ben. What we're talking about now is somebody like Jim Jordan, again, a massive acolyte, and that's fine. I really have no issue with that. I don't understand why, but to now to put yourself in harm's way, especially considering he has some very, very significant positions that he holds on committees, to put yourself in harm's way on a lie that you know is a lie and to attack a district attorney because he's doing his job. I'm not really sure, you know, what the people of Ohio are thinking and how that's going to play out in his next upcoming election. And so let's talk about Jim Jordan for a second too, because the reality is he's not even fit to have this job in the first place. Now, he is the chairman of the Judiciary Committee, okay? And he never passed the bar exam ever. Now, do I think the bar exam is 
necessarily indicative of if you are or aren't going to be a good lawyer. I passed the bar exam. I don't think it necessarily is, but nonetheless, it is the minimal threshold for licensure of being a lawyer in the various states throughout our nation. So it is the bare minimum qualification to practice law. So of all of the individuals in the United States that you can have chair the Judiciary Committee, the MAGA Republicans pick someone who by his very nature is unqualified to even practice law. He went to law school, but never took the bar exam. Now, you wanna put him on some other committees, okay, but you're gonna have him chair the Judiciary Committee. But then you think about the other people who they anoint as their legal minds who are who are doing this strategy. They got that guy, Tom Fitton, for example, not a lawyer either. He wears the tight shirts. Donald Trump reposts him every day. He talks about Donald Trump is a crime victim. The New York Democrats, their reckless scheme to prosecute this crime victim, Donald Trump. You know, and this is the individual who they have basically as their judicial watch. That's his organization. So the chair of the Judiciary Committee is not a licensed lawyer. One of the main organizations that gives them legal advice, Judicial Watch, is chaired by someone who never even went to law school. And this group, First American, whatever the hell they're calling it, that's doing their fake investigations right now into Alvin Bragg and into Mar-a-Lago, is run by Stephen Miller, who's not a lawyer. So before even delving into the Stephen interference, Miller's, Stephen Miller is half a human being. I mean, you know, let's let's not forget, you know, his Rudy Giuliani scene when he had the spray on hair that was dripping down the side of his head. He's a terrible, terrible person. Um, he is, you know, he's truly, which is hard to believe. He's a racist. He's a bigot. You know, he's involved in so much of the writing on Trump. He really has Trump's voice down. Uh, very, very well. But he even takes it farther than what Trump himself would actually say. Um, and once you put those uh, words on the um, teleprompter for Donald, it brings out the worst in Donald. It's really Steve Miller, Steve Bannon, the two of them are like two peas in a pod. And they're, they're really very, very dangerous people. And they're dangerous to democracy. Stephen Miller had to testify for the second time before the grand jury uh, that Jack Smith has impaneled in Washington, D.C. after Donald Trump's executive uh, privilege objections were overruled again uh, by the Court of Appeals. Um, you go back to, though, to the House Judiciary Committee, again, on the MAGA Republican side being run by very unqualified people. Look, as, as I've said before, the people who are um, MAGA Republicans, they wouldn't be able to get a job anywhere else in the United States of America because they engage in harassing conduct, they're discriminatory, they're incompetent. The, the only job they're actually qualified for in the United States is to be a Republican politician, which embraces this complete and utter nonsense. So you have an unqualified person who already, I mean, in his last job before being a member of Congress, Jim Jordan covered up and tried to silence whistleblowers about very serious sexual abuse that took place at the wrestling division where Jim Jordan worked, where they were covering, and Jim Jordan would try to get the whistleblowers not to talk about their sexual abuse. And then he parlays that into becoming a Republican. And then, you know, uh, you know, there's the Peter principle where you hear that basically people who are kind of level management always rise to the top and you rise to your level of incompetence ben, to ben, me there's look, the maga ben, principle look to see, ben look to see who donald has representing him right now yes you have the jim jordans at least jim jordan you know is a member of congress at least he was good enough to win you know his election in ohio look at some of the lawyers that he has representing him right now that was sitting at that arraignment table Boris Epstein? I mean, are you fucking kidding me? This guy was like a lapdog running around trying to hump any leg that he could so that he could get in front of Donald just to be in his office. Now, all of a sudden, he's front and center. Not bad. You know, it only took him, you know, what is it, six years in order to get there. You know, so congratulations. And, you know, he's got the Alina Habas of the world. You know, he's got 
Uh, he's got the Joe, you know, taco penis over there. I mean, it is <laughs> absolutely amazing to me to see who he has. I mean, it's, there's no loyalty. I want people to understand this too. There is no loyalty when it comes to Donald Trump. All right. They always said, you know, the big joke around the office was that Donald was like First Avenue, which is one way. All right. When it comes to loyalty, he doesn't have loyalty to anybody. So all of these folks like the Christina Hub, um, who went ahead at Boris Epstein's request and, and others went ahead and signed that affidavit that there were no more documents at Mar-a-Lago, did a thorough check. And there's also, I think, Corcoran did the same sort of affidavit. They are both in serious trouble. Mm -hmm. You have a document. They're now going to have to use that statement that Donald told them that there was nothing there and that they relied upon their client's statement, despite the fact that they made a claim that they looked themselves, right? Is that not a worse lie? For example, then the lie that I told the number of times, three versus 10. I mean, let's get real about this whole group of misfits. All right. They are not going to produce a benefit, which many of us are happy about because I, for one, want to see accountability. And again, I say this on all our every single time uh, that we're on together, Ben, uh, in front of the brigade. I don't want to see Donald indicted, prosecuted, or incarcerated simply because I fundamentally disagree with so much that comes out of his mouth. I want to see him indicted, prosecuted, and incarcerated to be held responsible for his own dirty deeds, assuming that that's what a jury of his peers comes back with. And if not, I would accept the decision of a jury. That's the way the system works. But now, to turn around and think that you're going to bully not just the district attorney here in New York. That's a message that he's trying to send to Tish James because that trial's coming up before Judge Engeron very soon. He's also sending the message to DA Fonnie Willis. He's also sending the message as he has done to, uh, what you call it, to uh, uh, Jim Smith, um, Jack, Jack Smith. Smith. So, you know, these are the things and this is the behavior that – we have all come to expect from the former narcissist in chief. And the fact that there are people that support him and that think that he would be a competent and qualified president, didn't we make that mistake already once? You know the old expression, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Or as George uh, W. Bush said, fool me twice. Yeah. You, you, you just can't you just can't fool me twice <laughs> is what he said but you mentioned all the other misfit lawyers jim trusty who's considered of all the misfits to be the quote unquote smarter one though i'm not sure if you saw this cohen but he went on some of the weekend shows and kind of just further incriminated donald trump and he was asked on meet the press a very basic question but donald trump was subpoenaed and lied in the subpoena that is a crime is it not here play this clip is done with classified documents what no former president has ever done. I mean, you, you keep trying to say all of those situations you represent, there was actual cooperation by those former presidents to deal with the dispute. In this case, not only is he not cooperating, he is actively not cooperating. And again, he did not comply with a subpoena. That's the end of the day. That's the obstruction charge. Why didn't he comply with the subpoena? There was a subpoena for all classified documents. He did not comply with the subpoena. He was caught not complying with the subpoena because of the, with the search warrant ended up turning up more classified documents. How do you explain him defying a subpoena? Chuck, the Democratic narrative, which you're, you're touting right now to try to draw a distinction. It's, between, it's just a set of facts. Well, let me finish. Uh, uh, let's, I mean, let's why add, call it a Democratic narrative? It's a set of facts. Because you're ignoring, a, you're ignoring a set of facts. Let's talk about Delaware. You've got a vice president that has documents for decades in, these, in this Chinese-funded Penn Biden Center. Right. You've got absolute obstruction there because we don't even have any there, sort of how's that obstruction because he had no right to have those documents. Right. And he didn't did have he, any. And did he refuse any to turn them over when he found them? Well, 
I don't know. It was hidden for so many months. Again, did he did he turn him over? Did his what is lawyers the did his lawyers turn that over without any sense of chain of custody or any sorts of? Has the former president turned this over? Well, after we don't a legal have subpoena? we don't have the leaks coming from Rob Hur's investigation I, 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 to know the details of exactly how stuff. So was is your defense over. that? Uh, to, you know, hey, we think other people broke the law, so let us break no, the law? No, of course not. Of course not. I mean, I, I just think the, that the, doesn't seem to be a good defense. Chuck, the point of it is not to say that somebody else broke the law and we did too, it's okay. It's to point out that the common denominator, whether you're talking about New York, Georgia, or DOJ, is differential treatment mm -hmm. for President Trump than anybody in history. Total and complete word salad. What a mess. Cohen, I want to get your reaction to that, but first, let's just take a quick break. And now let's take a quick break to talk about our next partner, Lomi. Now, I've never been able to compost before. It was always too complicated, too much work, and frankly, I don't think I even knew if I was doing it right. Then I got a Lomi. Lomi allows me to turn my food scraps into dirt with a push of a button. Lomi is a countertop electric composter that turns scraps to dirt in under four hours. There's no smell when it runs, and it's really quiet. Thanks to Lomi, I have way less garbage each week. My family, we're down from three bags per week to just one. And here's something cool. My wife, she recently started gardening, and we've been able to use the scraps of dirt to help fill her garden. And since I got my Lomi, I throw out way less garbage. That means it's not going to landfills and producing methane. Instead, I turn my waste into nutrient-rich dirt that I can feed to my plants. I feel so great knowing that I'm composting and creating soil instead of waste. I have a basically limitless supply of dirt for my garden. The other week I had my in-laws over for dinner and the food cleanup was a breeze. Plus, they think I'm super eco-conscious now. If you want to start making a positive environmental impact or just make cleanup after dinner that much easier, Lomi is perfect for you. Head to Lomi.com beat and use the promo code beat to get $50 off your Lomi. That's $50 off when you head to Lomi.com beat. And use promo code BEAT at checkout. Food waste is gross. Let Lomi save you a cold trip out to the garbage can. And now, back to the video. Welcome back to Political Beatdown. I'm live with Michael Cohen. Check out that Lomi. It's actually a pretty great uh, device. So Cohen, before we took the break, you saw Jim Trusty again, who's considered the brains of that team of misfits, essentially, further word salad. They have no yeah. defense. Well um, so what, what, what do you make of it? There, there, because there is no defense to what it is. I mean, there's absolutely no defense to what it is that he's saying. There, it's very difficult when you go on television to support someone on a lie, right? You know, the expression, a lie begets a lie. And that's the problem. You never know what with Donald is the truth and what is a lie. And so he's more concerned about figuring out what to say in order to appease, as I keep saying, a party of one than he is about the truth because the truth doesn't benefit them. That's the whole point, Brigaders. The truth does not benefit the person who's making the statement. And the belief is that if I say it enough, if I repeat the lie over and over and over and over again, the hope is that the lie becomes the truth. And he's been very successful. Let's not underscore Donald Trump for a second. That is his superpower. He has the ability to lie with impunity, and somehow those lies manage to stick because what they do is they continuously forward that lie, the talking point, so to speak, to all of the all of their constituents, to all of these, you know, these MAGAs and these Republicans who just keep promoting the same lie. And so it's why if you watch, for example, Fox versus MSNBC, you think that you're in two alternate universes because they're so polar opposite that you're wondering, how is this even possible? Now, I understand that we all have differences of opinion, but, you know, let's, this, it just, it's mind boggling. The fact that I don't even know how to describe it. It's like turning around and saying that the sky is, you know, is red when the sky is blue. No, no, no. As Kelly and Conway would say, that's alternative facts, but alternative facts in Donald Trump world is really nothing more than lies. 
And so when they start talking this shit, it is so incumbent upon all of us, right, to get together and to make sure, again, here comes the brigade. And when they start to promote these lies, it is incumbent upon us to ensure that that lie gets kicked down, right? No matter what time it is, just look on your social media platform. And if you see those lies, call them out. And the worst part about it, you may all remember when we very first started Political Beatdown, I had said that I was um, chosen to be on a speaker's panel with Elon Musk. And I asked Elon when he was now purchasing Twitter, what are you going to do about all of the bots and all of the bot farms that are out there promoting on a moment-to-moment basis misinformation, disinformation, and malinformation? And he said, you know, I, I hear you on that, and I've been speaking to our tech guys to figure out what we can do in order to limit or to rid the platform of these bots and bot farms. And so I gave him a second piece of advice. Well, why don't you try to do a two-party or even a third-party authentication process so that they just can't open up a, you know, an IP address and create a Twitter account. So if you notice, most of these hate speech shit that's coming out there, attacking Alvin Bragg, attacking me, attacking political beatdown in my mea culpa podcast, or if I put out a picture of my book, Revenge, it makes no difference. They attack it. And then if you go into it, they have three followers. They opened up in 2020, right? And, you know, they follow 14 people. It's the same thing over and over and over again. It's a bot. But somehow these bot farms, which are paid for by obviously the far right, they're doing this in order to change the narrative because their belief is if they could control the narrative on social media, they could control the narrative in the court of public opinion and in reality. And we all know that that's not true. But then again, I'm speaking to people who are sane. And it's it's really important that we shut these bots down and that we call them out. And what I just do, every time I see it as a bot, I just put hashtag bot and I just move on. And then people start, you know, saying the same thing. And then we create, you know, a, um, a trend because we have to figure out how to ensure that this platform is not taken over by, you know, these bots and these bot farms. Yeah, and and look, you you, you mentioned Elon, and you know I I won't take it in that direction purely because he's someone who wants and craves attention. And I don't need to give him any more of it. But one of the issues is is that you know of of many is that someone who calls themselves Cat Turd Two, who's the big right wing influencer, yep. this is who Elon spends his time engaging with. Who's now verified? Who the algorithm pushes out to lots of people on your for you page, Cat Turd. On the other hand, on a whim, Elon Musk removes a verification badge from the New York Times, and the New York Times doesn't have verification. So when you start treating Cat Turd Two, a right-wing MAGA extremist account, the same way as the New York Times, and you conflate those two things, you know, I think it's it's very problematic. And going to the theme of this episode. That is why the MAGA Republicans want to diminish the New York Times and the Washington Post, and they do want to diminish real reporters the same way that you have Jim Jordan, who runs the Judiciary Committee. You know, Jim Jordan is basically a cat turd. When you think about it, he is a cat turd running the Judiciary Committee. The same way their news is run by cat turds, their judiciary is run by cat turds, and the people they want to elect to the highest office and give their nuclear codes are cat turds. And we have to ask ourselves as, as the country, you know, a very pointed question. Are we a con, are we a country of law and order, of intelligence, of compassion, or are we a country of cat turds? Because I refuse to be a country of MAGA Republican cat turds. And so does Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg. If we pull up this lawsuit that Alvin Bragg filed, again, it is for injunctive relief. 
meaning it is Alvin Bragg asking the federal court to block the subpoena by these MAGA Republicans controlling the House Judiciary Committee, trying to pry into secret grand jury deliberations to subpoena Mark Pomeranz for testimony. Um, and the uh, lawsuit, by my counting, it's a 50-page lawsuit, but it has 22 of the social media posts that are that are throughout this. So, you know, he uh, Alvin Bragg talks about the photo where Donald Trump has the baseball bat. Alvin Bragg talks about the photos where Donald Trump is calling Bragg Soros funded. He's posting all of the Kevin McCarthy posts. And look, the introduction of the lawsuit pretty much tells the full story of the lawsuit, which is the district attorney, Alvin Bragg Jr., brings this action in response to an unprecedentedly brazen and unconstitutional attack by members of Congress on an ongoing New York state criminal prosecution and investigation of former President Donald J. Trump. Beginning on March 20th, 2023, Jim Jordan, chairman of the House Committee of the Judiciary, began a transparent campaign to intimidate and attack District Attorney Bragg, making demands for confidential documents and testimony from the district attorney himself, as well as his current and former employees and officials. Two days after Mr. Trump was arraigned on a 34 felony count in New York State Supreme Court. Chairman Jordan and the committee served a subpoena on Mark Pomerantz, a former special assistant district attorney who participated in an investigation of Mr. Trump and his businesses. The subpoena seeks to compel Pomerantz to testify in a deposition on April 20, 2023. Chairman Jordan's demands include his subpoena, including included his subpoena to Mr. Pomerantz, seek highly sensitive and confidential local prosecutorial information that belongs to the office of the district attorney and the people of New York. Basic principles of federalism and common sense, as well as binding Supreme Court precedent, uh, forbid this from happening. And then it goes you on. Know, you know, Ben, I was talking to a buddy of mine. Uh, he's a friend of mine since I was like 11 years old, and he has this product. And it was funny because I wanted to send it to Jim Jordan. It's a, um, a salt-based, it's, he teamed up with Morton Salt. It's like a salt-based cleaner that's, uh, you know, helps to get rid of COVID and, and all this cat turd shit and all that. I wanted to send like a 50 pound, a 50 gallon drum. Right. And literally just drop it on top of him so that, you know, maybe it would wash some of the stupidity off because this is legitimately some of the stupidest things I have ever seen anybody do in my entire life. This is not this is not just some idiot cat turd or this isn't somebody who is a, you know, a far right wing MAGA maniac. We're talking about a member of Congress. I'm trying to put this into people's heads. We just saw what happened in Tennessee, right, where they uh, put back, uh, you know, uh, Congressman Jones uh, after throwing out because he was angry about another shooting. This one, of course, affecting his district and so on. And so they started to protest. And this was so insulting to the Republicans, to these snowflakes. It was so insulting that they had to then throw him out to remove him from his seat. I mean, it was only until the constituents, the 75,000 or so, really took to the streets and started to protest. This is such a good sign for us, Brigaders. This is what I try to impress upon, you know, um, every single week as we get together twice a week and we talk about it. Could you imagine if that brigade did not get together for the benefit of these two ousted members of Congress and especially ousted for what? All right. Not like Jim Jordan attacking a witness, meaning myself at a House Oversight Committee hearing, not Jim Jordan now attacking uh, Congress members, Raskin, uh, Goldman uh, or um, or Steve Cohen, who want to talk about how the Trump administration weaponized, right, um, was weaponized by Donald Trump and Bill Barr to go after critics and people that they had issues with. Now, we're talking about three members of Congress who in protest over yet another senseless, 
shooting and more death, all right, used by, you know, by somebody who unfortunately has some real mental issues and somehow manages to get himself the weapon of choice, the good old AR-15, all right? This to me doesn't make any sense at all. And that's why this brigade, which is growing, thanks to all of you, week after week after week, we're really growing. And it's why I keep asking you, make sure you tell your friends to join us, be a part of this brigade, because come 2024, can you imagine how big our brigade is going to be and how we are going to help to ensure that the right person ends up in office, whether it's Joe Biden or a different Democrat, to ensure that the likes of a Donald Trump or a Donald Trump 2.0 never sees the inside of the Oval Office ever. And that's the importance of stuff like Midas Touch Network. It's the importance of political beatdown. I don't want this to sound like an infomercial. This is a call for action. This is where we truly need your help to grow so that when we speak, we speak on behalf of the many, many millions of brigaders that are part of this political beatdown, you know, um, brigade. That's the only way that we can now ensure that stupid shit like the Dobbs decision, the overturning of Roe versus Wade, the now the uh, the way that it's affect cases like the Bivens case, uh, or you know any of the other multitude of ridiculous stuff that's coming out of D.C. We need to ensure that these people are not representing us or representing our country. It's a disgrace. I want to show you some clips over the weekend. Bill Barr uh, made his rounds and Donald Trump was attacking Bill Barr and Bill Barr was saying that um, Donald Trump can't control himself. And there's a broader point I want to make on Bill Barr. And it kind of goes along with the old expression, you know, first they came for this group and I thought I was fine because I wasn't that group. Then they came for this group and I thought I was fine because I wasn't part of that group. And then they came for me. And whether you're Bill Barr or Jim Jordan and DeSantis, who, by the way, Donald Trump is saying right now, DeSantis is a Soros backed governor. That's on Donald Trump's social media platform as well. So it's like DeSantis is using your Soros backed and Trump saying, no, you're Soros backed. They're ultimately all going to come for you when you are a part of that dangerous cult. You mentioned those Tennessee lawmakers, you know, and, and, and it gets even deeper because they weren't members of Congress, right? Those were the local lawmakers in the Tennessee House of Representatives, which is very, very, very right wing, where there is a Republican MAGA style supermajority there that is putting out all of these heinous policies. And you saw all of the young voters in Tennessee that are just completely and utterly outraged. We should note that in 2024, there's going to be close to 20 million new Gen Z voters. Yeah. And I think overwhelmingly will be skewing for the Democratic Party for the reason that the Democratic Party is just supporting compassionate you know policies, ben, equality. Let's not, ben, let's not take that for granted, my brother. All right. Let's not take that for granted. The only way that we know that the significant group of the Gen Zers, while we believe because Gen Zers are more open, they are smarter as a generation, each generation gets smarter than the one before. But, you know, you can never take anything for fact uh, until, you know, we ensure that they are part of um, the democratic strategy to ensure that we change the mistakes that are being made on a daily basis um, by these Republican uh, members of Congress. And, you know, a lot of people will turn around and say, oh, you know, you're constantly pushing the brigade and so on. I can't tell you how important it is, um, it, not just to join into an organization, to a group, but to vote. The apathy for voting in this country, despite the fact, you know, when Trump was running, there was less of it, but the apathy to voting because some people turn. I, I heard this the other day from a friend of mine, and it really pissed me off something fierce. When he turned around, he said, I'm not even going to vote in 2024. 
He goes, it's going to be Trump and Biden. You got a guy who has dementia and then a guy who's a narcissistic sociopath. So either way, it's no good. And I scratch my head and I say, you know, it's that sort of apathy that got Trump elected in the first place. It's the reason why someone like George Santos was able to swindle his way into Congress. We can't allow that to happen. And whether it's, you know, you are part of that Gen Z group, bring in other Gen Zers, right? Make sure that they understand what's really, what's really on the table. And what's really on the table is democracy and the future of this country. Couldn't agree more with you, Cohen. I got to show you these uh, videos of Barr and get your reaction, especially given the uh, history there. But first, let's take this quick break. And now let's take a quick break to talk about our next partner, Roan. If you're like me, you understand the pains of finding out what to wear. Let's face it, most clothes are uncomfortable or too tight or never actually the size that you really are, and not to mention the annoyance of trying to put together a good outfit. And when you finally do have a good fit, you can only wear it for a few hours before you have an important meeting or dinner and then you have to change. Everyone wants to dress their best and look good at all times because frankly, it's a confidence booster. So here's the deal. Men's closets were due for a radical reinvention, and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and flexible set of products known to man. And here's why. Roan helps you get ready for any occasion with the commuter collection, which offers the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, and polos. You never have to worry about what to wear when you have the Roan commuter collection. Roan's comfortable four-way stretch fabric provides breathability and flexibility that leaves you free to enjoy what life throws your way, from your commute to work to your 18 holes of golf. It's time to feel confident without the hassle. With Roan's wrinkle release technology, wrinkles disappear as you stretch and wear the products. It's that easy. With the Gold Fusion Anti-Odor Technology, you'll be smelling fresh and clean all day long. And on top of that, Roan is 100% machine washable, so you can ditch the dry cleaner altogether. I absolutely love Roan. This has truly become my go-to commuter fit. We're on the move a lot, whether it's jumping from meeting to meeting or catching a flight or an important dinner. The Roan Commuter Collection has never let me down. The versatility and overall comfort of the collection is undefeated. And even after I wear it all day, I still feel super fresh because of that gold fusion anti-odor technology. The commuter collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. So right now, head to roan.com slash Cohen, that's C-O-H-E-N, and use promo code Cohen to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to R-H-O-N-E dot com slash Cohen, C-O-H-E-N, and use code Cohen. It's time to find your corner office. And now back to the video. Welcome right. back to oh, political. Ah. I like, you know, Roan makes some really, really good, good clothes. Yeah, they do. They, it feels they do. great on you. Cohen, I want to show you three things now in order, and then I want to get your reaction to it. And they relate to Bill Barr. Um, I want to show you first two videos of Bill Barr uh, this past weekend, giving, you know, doing the media rounds and basically saying Donald Trump should be worried about his theft of the confidential records. Donald Trump can't control himself. Then I want to show you Donald Trump's post that he made about Bill Barr. Now, Bill Barr, someone who did all of the dirty work for Donald Trump, covered up all of Donald Trump's crimes, threw you in solitary confinement for 51 days because you were writing a book, which is the most despicable violation of our constitutional rights like literally throwing someone who was trying to tell the truth in solitary. But now Bill Barr is on the receiving end of Donald Trump's threats and attacks and all of that. So let me show you this first clip of uh, Bill Barr over the weekend where he basically says Donald Trump can't control himself. So we'll show this one first. What, what, what about the way he's gone after the judge and the judge's wife and the judge's daughter uh, made those deeply personal attacks on the Manhattan DA? Uh, I mean, is this is this appropriate behavior for any defendant, let alone a former president? I, I don't think it's appropriate or wise. I mean, the president is notoriously uh, lacks self-control and he frequently gets him himself into trouble with these midnight tweets and other things. The thing with the baseball bat, for example, was 
uh, very imprudent of him to do in the middle of the night. And, uh, you know, these are gratuitous comments that aren't particularly helpful. Let me show you this next clip of him, though, where he says Trump's got a lot to worry about on the confidential document theft. Play this clip. So you mentioned the other cases. There's at least three other criminal cases. You have the two brought by the special prosecutor, the case in Georgia, you know, January 6th, classified documents, obstruction of justice. What, what do you think, uh, if you were advising uh, the former president, which obviously you're not, which, which would you be most concerned about? I'd be most concerned about the document case in Mar-a-Lago uh, because from what I can see, uh, and, and, you know, the, uh, when, it, when it first came out, a lot of Republicans manned the ramparts and were dumping all over the FBI and the government. Uh, and as the facts have come out, as I suggested when I spoke about it, the FBI was opposed to conducting the search. They weren't involved in launching the search. But also, uh, those steps were taken after a long period, about a year and a half, of trying to get the documents from him, which he had no claim to. He had no claim to those documents, especially the classified documents. They belonged to the government. And uh, so I think he was jerking the government around, and they subpoenaed it. And they tried to jawbone him uh, into delivery of the documents, but uh, the government is investigating the extent to which games were played, and there was obstruction in keeping the documents from them. And I think, think that's a serious uh, potential case. I think they probably have some very good evidence there. And then you show Donald Trump's post, and I'll have you refer to all of it. Trump goes, slovenly and pathetic Bill Barr, our coward former AG, was on ABC fake news this weekend making statement that he knows nothing about. He has long since gone from the White House. I wanted him out. Concerning the boxes hoax, a continuation of Russia, 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 Ukraine, 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 the Mueller witch hunt, and more. While he correctly puts down the New York DA case, he plays up the equally ridiculous boxes hoax where Biden should have a problem, not me. Barr is a weak and angry rhino. So, Cohen, given all of your experience here, I'm sure you have a lot to say. So, let me start by saying that the statement that Donald Trump put out, and this is this is painful to me as the son of a Holocaust survivor. This is no this is no bullshit. If you have an opportunity, over the weekend I was watching something called the Hitler tapes. It is the same exact language that Hitler employed in order, you know, to rile people up. The same thing. Everything was fake news, fake news, um, you know, uh, witch hunt. I mean, the same language that they used in order to build the Third Reich. That's what Donald Trump is trying to do. Now, let me, let me go to, straight to this bloviated piece of shit, Bill Barr, all right? I wanna be very clear. I have no regard for Bill Barr. I will, I will start to develop a scintilla of um, respect for this piece of shit when he comes <laughs> out and actually tells something that we already don't know. Talk about yourself, you piece of shit who went ahead and he orchestrated an unconstitutional remand against a United States citizen, meaning me. All right. I talk about it all throughout the book, Revenge, and I hope people read it so you understand exactly what I'm talking about. Bill Barr, through and with Donald Trump, right, as the coordination with, direction of, and for the benefit of Donald Trump, did exactly that, had me unconstitutionally remanded and put back into solitary confinement, which brought my solitary confinement up to 51, um, 51 days. I mean, now all of a sudden this guy's coming out, well, I told Donald he lost the election, right? Uh, you're not welcome back into polite society. And then on top of that, yeah, you know, the, I think the worst case is the one, well, Jack Smith's case of the stolen top secret classified documents, yada, yada, yada. First of all, Bill Barr has no idea what documentation exists in any of these cases. And more importantly, why are we letting him or anyone rank which case is more relevant in terms of a crime than the other? It doesn't have to be a level four crime. It could be a level two crime. It doesn't have to be a level 10 crime. It could be a level six crime. Whatever it might, why are we ranking which crime 
Donald Trump should be prosecuted for. He should be prosecuted for any and all crimes, no different than each and every one of us. All right. And I should know this because I was prosecuted for crimes I didn't even commit. So at the end of the day, yeah, it would be great for Bill Barr to come, you know, come on my on my podcast, Maya Culpa. Let me ask you a series of questions. All right. He would never do that. He won't answer those sorts of questions. And what pisses me off, and I'm a big fan of Chuck Todd's. I, I've been on his show. Chuck Todd is a very, very serious, you know, um, questioner. Why he didn't ask about some of the things that he did for Donald, right? Uh, I mean, I just don't understand. Yes, I get it. You know, you want to stick with this because it's so current. What about everything else? You know, there's an expression. The only way to know your future is to understand your past, to put Bill Barr front and center there as if he's some sort of a talking head with some significant knowledge or with some uh, legal, you know, uh, precedent on what it is that's going on here. He has none of it. And if you want to really talk about somebody who should be a convicted perjurer and somebody who should be held accountable for violating the Constitution of the United States of America, it would be nobody less than Bill Barr, our former attorney general. And he needs to come clean himself about what Donald told him to do and the fact that he did it. Powerful response there. You know, and I'll go uh, one step further. Thanks to people like Bill Barr, you know, my safety, and we talked about this last time, and I just want to bring it up. My safety remains in jeopardy. All right. It's uncomfortable. You know, there's still these 25, 28%. It's a big enough number, you know, where I have to be careful where I go, at what times um, I don't walk with my family or anything like that. Uh, you know, it's very uncomfortable. And all for what? for coming forward and for providing testimony and providing truth to power, as I stated before, being the David versus Goliath. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, I guess, the trade-off. And so I understand when Bragg is concerned, and I understand why he filed this 50-page complaint, and I understand why other members of the prosecutorial team, not just here in New York, but Tish James, uh, are unsinkable attorney general or Fannie Willis or Jack Smith or anybody, any of the witnesses, because that's what Donald Trump does. He acts like a mob boss and he's sending a message. He's sending it through these, you know, MAGA maggots uh, and so on that are willing to do stupid shit like what they did on January 6th. So, you know, it's uneasy. And that's why somebody like Bill Barr has the ability right now to come clean and to help to put an end to this fucking nightmare once and for all. You know, and what you do with mob bosses, that's why we have RICO statutes, conspiracy statutes. And, you know, ultimately the mob bosses will, you know, flex their muscle. They'll try to do, you know, all the things that we're seeing here that Donald Trump and these MAGA Republicans are doing. To your point, as you're watching these shows about Adolf Hitler, what Donald Trump is doing is right out of the Hitler playbook. It's right out of the Mussolini march on Rome. I mean, look at the insurrection. The January 6th insurrection was modeled on the march on Rome. You could almost draw a direct historical parallel. And then even the aftermath of how MAGA Republicans are trying to reinvent what took place on January January 6th as this positive thing with the J6 choir. It is utterly despicable. But folks, brigaders, it's okay to be like a little exhausted, but you gotta, we can't be an exhausted majority. We have to be kind of a vibrant, we have to be a majority that talks about these issues. There are far more people in this country who support our democracy, who support the messages that we're talking about here on Political Beatdown that Michael Cohen talks about on Mea Culpa that we talk about on all our other programming on the Midas Touch Network. And it's important that we talk and we talk about and appreciate intelligence and compassion and humanity and um, the importance of intelligence and passing policies that really matter to people. Um, and we've got to call out and bring to light and illuminate all these MAGA Republican uh, conspiracies, all of the hate they're spreading so that we can recognize it and you can help be the messengers, the brigade to get out the truth. You know, 
you are the most important ingredient to the political beatdown series because when Michael Cohen and I share these conversations with you, one, we're inspired by you to share them in the first place, but two, after you watch this, you know, we rely on you to share these videos and to share the podcasts um, with friends, family, coworkers, neighbors, people in the community, because you're the best messenger of the truth. And so um, this is not some top-down, sterile network or show. This is a movement, and it is a movement led by you. And Michael Cohen and I are just happy to be messengers in this movement and to share this time with you each and every uh, political beatdown episodes that uh, we do. Make sure you subscribe to the audio political beatdown as well. That helps with the algorithm. So if if you're a YouTube watcher, please, at the end of this, subscribe on audio and leave a five-star review on the audio podcast, wherever you listen to your podcast. Just search Political Beatdown and hit the subscribe button. Also, check out Michael Cohen's other podcast, the Mea Culpa podcast. It is great. Nothing but uh, the truth. Subscribe to Mea Culpa as well. Check out store.midastouch.com for the best pro-democracy gear, including the Marilardo Correctional facility shirt, the official Mea Culpa podcast shirt sold exclusively at store.midastouch.com, 100% union made, 100% made in the USA. And make sure to subscribe to this YouTube channel. We are on our way to 1.5 million subscribers, which we hope to hit by this summer, thanks to your support. Michael Cohen, always a pleasure to host these shows with you. Um, and to all the brigaders out there, thank you so much for your support. None of this is possible without you. Keep on brigading. Until next time, I'm Ben Micellas from the Midas Touch Podcast, joined by Michael Cohen. Shout out to the Midas Mighty. <laughs>